You're listening to The Quad, a Killjoys podcast. My name is Chris. And I'm Stephanie. And I'm Annie. We're talking about the fifth episode of Killjoys, season five, about a girl. While we will talk about anything and everything from that episode, there won't be any spoilers for future episodes. So let's get started with our reviews of this episode. So y'all, y'all, I'm kind of mad. I gotta say. I'm angry about something. Because I'm watching this episode, right? And I think I'm just going to, like, have a great time and be kind of, you know, not the most feminist a person and just enjoy the lovely view of of Hannah John Common fighting people in a sports mm. bra and looking all weirdly sexy with blood dripping down her face. <laughs> and then sexy. they had to hit me in my emotional places and I just <laughs> felt mad. <laughs> Did you feel personally attacked? I did, because I'm like... Per- As the kids say. I'm just perving along, doing my thing, and then, ugh, <laughs> so much sadness, and I got a little teary-eyed, and Aww. ugh. In all seriousness, though, I really like this episode. I was a little hesitant, I guess, when they introduced the idea of putting them into a supermax prison at the end of episode three, I guess it was. But I've actually really enjoyed the last two episodes. <laughs> like, on the one hand, I was thinking about the fact that We haven't gotten a whole lot of movement on, like, the ladies' big plan, it feels like. However, I'm really enjoying the heck out of these episodes, so I kind of don't care. And, yeah, this one I thought was good. It was had a lot of really fun lead-in to it, and then we got some really good emotional stuff with with our characters. So I liked this episode a lot. I thought it was great. What did you think, Annie? Uh, This episode had a lot going on, I thought. You know, you had Jack and... Delsayo with bow and arrow. Sorry, that was really sexy. And as soon as I saw that, I'm all, oh, everybody's going to love this. So Looking like a more interesting Oliver Queen. That's right. I said it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And then I'm still, yeah, like you said, I'm really enjoying the prison storyline. I'm actually surprised it wasn't wrapped up totally that they're still stuck in the prison after this episode. I thought it would be like two episodes max what I did there. <laughs> Max, got it. <laughs> you nerds. <laughs> but yeah, the emotional stuff came and punched me in the gut. And it, it kind of surprised me because I, I find myself wondering now what Johnny misses about, you know, when he was under the lady's influence and if everything's changing after all these seasons. And uh, if he really does have Dutchy feelings beyond platonic. And everything that Dutch said to Daph about how, you know, he took my gravity away, he took my Johnny away, and I was like, no! So that was, yeah, right in the feels. But yes, sexy Dutch and sexy Warden. Mm, yes, please mm. give me more. Give me more. Mm. <laughs> oh, yes. Rachel Antrell is the warden in the tie. Oh my gosh. Oh, yes. This is, mm. I felt personally attacked for many reasons in this episode. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> but yeah, I loved it. And I'm really interested to see how this is going to wrap up. And oh my God, Anila, that was unexpected at the end. What did you think, Chris? I loved this episode. I think this is my favorite episode of the season so far. Mm-hmm. Although I've got to say, going in, I was like, okay, this is episode five, and I'm pretty sure it's episode five, I think, every season. That's like a big deal, mm-hmm. at least for me. <laughs> <laughs> I could be I could be wrong about this. I think maybe one season it was not episode five. but It was episode six. But yeah, it's usually <laughs> kind of right in the middle of the season. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's always sort of like a big turning point episode. And I don't know that this is exactly, well, the end. The end's a turning point, I would say. But I was expecting a lot, and the episode delivered. So good job, show. Not that I doubted you, because I didn't. But yeah, I, I loved all the things you guys were talking about. Dutch fighting people, always a good time. <sighs> mm-hmm. I was re-watching the episode before recording this, and my dad happened to be in the room, and he commented about how, like, these guys can't even land a punch. <laughs> and I'm like, that's right, because she's super fast and also a trained assassin. <laughs> it did make me happy that there was at least one, I think, female opponent that she faced. Yeah, just the one, I think, but but yeah. Because clearly the crushy people misunderestimated her because she was just a small woman. But no, she's lethal and a good fighter. Did you say misunderestimated? I did. It was purposeful. It was a George Bush reference. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right over my head. Get current with the political times of 2002. <laughs> oh, God, that's the last thing I want to get current with, but okay. Because Stephanie's all hip with the kids. <laughs> Being personally attacked. I am, in fact, not hit with the kids at all. I can, however, reference George Bush, George W. Bush, and not have anybody understand what I'm saying anyway. And I'm older than you, so... Both of you are older than me. I'm the youngin' here. This is true. This is true. I'm just gonna sit here and feel old. Okay. <laughs> but Stephanie's the one making making references to... Never mind. Anyway, I am very excited about Delsea, much to the surprise of no one. <laughs> She was so great this episode, but also I'm yelling at the TV during her episodes in my head, in my head. I'm quietly yelling that, you know, clearly Jack is like trying to reach out here. And Delcea is just, she's, she's not good at it, which isn't surprising. I, I actually appreciate how true to character all of those interactions were. And I also appreciate, you know, there's the scene with, with Davin in Delcea's dreams, giving her the pep talk. <laughs> I really liked that scene, and it was surprising to me that that is the person that she conjured in her head to help her with parenting. In a way, it makes sense. Me too. But they were always so antagonistic toward each other. It was a bit of a, a surprise to see him, which is probably what they were going for, this idea that she would reach out even subconsciously to Davin for help is was a surprise to me. But of course, they did tie it in nicely with Jack talking about his dad and stuff and basically just making it making it a family thing, which I thought was, yeah, unexpectedly sweet of Delcea's subconscious. <laughs> and he's the only co-parent she's ever worked with because Anila's been away this entire time. Well, so it, it mm -hmm. does make sense that she would kind of reach out to him even subconsciously, but it was still a nice surprise. That's why it made sense to me. It didn't surprise me. I was like, well, this is for better or for worse. This is who she's co-parenting with. Personally, I liked the way, way that the story arc between Dulcea and Jack progressed, but I was a little groany in my head about it at first, just because it, it seemed kind of like the tired, you're not my real mom type of conflict. But it got more interesting as it went along. And I'm always I'm always on board for more Delcea screen time. And the ending. Oh. oh, the ending. The ending really got me in the feels. Not just because Anila showed up, but because of Delcea's reaction. And I was like, oh, 
though I wanted them to embrace or smooch or something. But she was just too overwhelmed. I understand. Yeah. They got to bring you back next week, Stephanie. They're dangling a smooch in front of me. They know my currency. <laughs> it's true. I was sort of expecting one, but then it was it was still nice the way they ended it. And with that sort of, yeah, unexpected reaction from Delsea. Unexpected, but completely logical. Good call in the mirror cube, Chris. I think you are the one who said that maybe that's why they needed Dutch's DNA. So good call. It's true. I was patting myself on the back during this episode. (laughs) And while, yes, big surprise, Anila made it out of the green, it's not really a surprise. I think we were expecting to find her eventually. And seeing her emerge there, it does make sense because that was where she first really mastered it right and submerged herself in the bathtub and and things mm-hmm. so it kind of makes sense that maybe she had a an escape hatch or, of some kind that she was able to use to escape the green before it died i feel like i might have floated that idea at the end of last season too but i can't remember well we'll say you did because you're smart <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate that well i was just happy to even see anila i mean i i knew she'd make it out eventually but still i was like no oh, good and she remembers who Delsea is and isn't completely mind-fried by the lady, so far as we could tell. I was also happy to see Garrett again in this episode. They'd kind of left him behind a few episodes back, and I um, was also glad that we got a bit more of a glimpse into Klein's motivations, that yes, indeed, he is still trying to be helpful, even though he's in many respects, kind of the lady's right-hand guy at the moment. Yeah, actually, all of the Klein and the lady scenes kind of reminded me a little bit, maybe not just this episode, but in in previous episodes, too, kind of reminded me of the the situation we saw with Anila and her supposed crew who was actually manipulating her. It just kind of reminds me of, of that situation, echoes of that, where, you know, trying to make people think they're in control, but really you're sort of manipulating them. That is Klein's specialty. Bringing it back around to these prison ship storyline, I thought that the structure of how that story went actually went pretty well because we had these moments where we thought the plan was going to crumble and so they had to pivot and try this other method and then they had to pivot again and then it just fell apart in a completely different way and while things look bad i'm trying to remind myself of what dutch said in last week's episode about how we look like we're failing like that's that's their mo they look we look like we're (laughs) failing and that's right before where we win or something like that (laughs) how did she phrase that it was like it was like, we, we we always look like we're failing until we don't. Because <laughs> like it looked like they were about to have a huge win, and then it just all went terribly astray. Yeah. I guess not surprisingly astray, given who they were having to be <laughs> allies with, but still, it seemed so promising, and then just went all to crap. Yeah, I was going to say, it was one of those things where... It was surprising when it happened, and then you kind of immediately go, oh, of course this was going to happen. Mm -hmm. Exactly. (laughs) Although I did kind of miss that there was going to be a final fight between Dutch and the Crushy. That would have been interesting. And especially since they'd framed it as that situation of, like, 
you know, the one person who fights everybody, then at the end of fighting everybody has to fight somebody who's just been sitting there the whole time, mm-hmm. who's like a trained fighter. <laughs> and this storyline reminded me of an element of Killjoys that's become less prominent over the seasons, but like the class divides between the different planets. And like Zeph had a line last episode, I think, about how everybody could tell by now that something bad was happening to Westerly and nobody was coming to help them. So I like that we've had a bit of a reminder of the kind of class differences in the quad the past few episodes. And I liked that we got a glimpse into what was happening on Crash too, since they were talking about how they're sort of running low on supplies there, which makes sense. And it was lovely to have those outdoor scenes with Jack and Delsea. It had been very shipbound the past while and I and made me miss those great episodes that would take place, especially on like Leith with the really pretty scenery. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, natural light. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> natural light, but green fire. I couldn't tell if the fire was supposed to look green or if it was just the color correction on that scene or because it was dark out, but I did I did notice the green fire too. I think it was intentional, because I mean different things burn different colors, so that's fair. Plus green queens. <laughs> there we go. It was foreshadowing and I should have seen it. Oh my gosh, I'm such a fool. Yep. <laughs> and there was a reference. Jack did mention queens don't cry. I uh, I feel like such a dummy now that I'm looking back. Oh my <laughs> gosh, I'm a dope. Uh. Johnny seems to be making progress in his relationship with Nusi. She knows his name now, so that's a good step. That is very exciting. That sounds like I'm joking, but no, I was actually pretty excited when I realized that she had called him John. I know. And I was glad that he didn't lose her, because he went back to the office. He's like, oh, please still be there. Please still be there. And unfortunately, everything Lucy did played into Sparlow's plan. But hey, at least Johnny's not captured yet, and he's got Nucy, and he found Sexy Warden. So, hmm, what's going to happen Although I did have to admit the whole time that <laughs> that uh, Dutch was in Sexy Warden's office and she, there, she was making the deal with her, I was like, where's the hate sex? <laughs> they There was a frisson <laughs> between the two of them, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite to the Delsea levels of hate flirting, but... Yeah. You know, we we make do with what we what we get. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. The warden close talked her, Chris. She close talked her. You know, <laughs> I'm into that. <laughs> close talking and blood dripping from the mouth. Things. Everybody, everybody who uh, has a crush on Stephanie making a list here. <laughs> These are the things that Stephanie's into. I was very disturbed how much I I found, how attractive I found Dutch with blood dripping out of her mouth after she ripped out a man's throat. (laughs) Oh, no, you weren't the only one. I was like, oh, she looks so That's pretty much the primary comment I have seen on, like, screen caps of that moment. It was like, this shouldn't be so hot, but it is. (laughs) I was going to say, I think I saw that same Tumblr post. Yep. (laughs) It was half the episode where she had blood running down her face. I'm like, God, how does she still manage to look so good? (sighs) <sighs> she did though yeah she really did but obviously you know the the emotional stuff between 
Dutch and Johnny, because I was just thinking about Johnny and Nusi. It's kind of nice that he's got her back, but at the same time, it's sad because she doesn't, she's not quite the same. Like, she's Lucy, but not really. Mm-hmm. Kind of the same as, you know, Dutch and Johnny are back together, but their relationship isn't quite the same either. What What do you think has changed between them? I mean, that's my question. I was like, is Johnny really starting to have feelings for Dutch or is he, what is he missing from when the lady had him under his influence? I just wanted your opinions because why is it so weird between them now? It doesn't have to be. Why can't it just be the way it used to be? Oh, and when Dutch had those flashbacks right before the big fight, I was like, oh, stop punching me in the field show. I feel like the show wants us to be wondering about this. Because otherwise they would have given us a clearer picture of what it is that Johnny is after. Mm-hmm. Or or Johnny is longing for. And I don't know, obviously. I don't necessarily have a strong inclination, a, a strong suspicion as to what it is. But part of me kind of feels like... I think most of us at one point or another have had, like, at least a little bit of a crush on a friend, right? True. I mean, they've they've indicated before that Johnny might have, at some point, had a crush of some degree on Dutch. My feeling is that because of this, right, like, at some point, everybody's kind of got a crush, you know, on Dutch. <laughs> Uh, no, that's true. I mean, it'd be easy to understand. It's it's Dutch. Right. So I think it's just one of those things where, like, this thing that you never thought was going to happen happens. <laughs> and so my gut feeling about it is, like, Johnny just kind of feels weird about it. Like, that specifically. And then, as we've discussed previously, like, maybe a second guessing this whole Killjoy life just because, like, oh, this is what it might be like to be settled down. And it was nice. And... Just just uncertainty, I guess, is really what I think is going on. I think Johnny feels uncertain about a lot of stuff right now. And now's not a good time for that, mm-hmm. basically. I think it's possible that he recognized that he liked having that type of relationship with Dutch and maybe that surprised him. I think it's possible that it could be stirring up feelings from having lost Potter. Maybe he imagine that type of life with her and to have it with Dutch and then taken away again. Maybe it's stirring up some of those feelings of grief and loss as well. But yeah, I agree with Chris. I don't think we're meant to have a firm grasp quite yet. And it could be because Johnny himself doesn't know. He just knows that whatever happened, it it made it feel, his relationship with Dutch feel different and strange. Well, and yeah, now compounded by the fact that he's lost Lucy too. So Mm -hmm. everything is like, He's losing all these people in his life and all these women, and he's still got Dutch, but he's not quite sure in what way he wants to relate to her anymore. I don't know. That's what I think. Because now that he's had it both ways, both platonically and not platonically, and now he's like, uh, I don't know if he knows what he wants. I love how this episode drew attention to how that experience was affecting Dutch because before we really saw it from Johnny's point of view. So I love that suddenly we were seeing it from Dutch's point of view and the sense that even though the lady hadn't won 
truly yet. For Dutch, she maybe almost had because it had disrupted that most important piece of her life. Mm-hmm. And, and that like wasn't a conversation that I was expecting her to have with David in this episode. So I love that it kind of came out of nowhere and surprised me and it was so genuine. Yeah. And, and I love that David said back to her, that's what you need to say to him. And I love in that moment, because clearly they are heading toward more romantic relationship, most likely. And I love in that moment that Davin, he wasn't jealous or anything like that. He has just such a clear-headed picture of that relationship between Johnny and Dutch and how important it is to her. He was just so supportive of her in that moment. And Mm -hmm. I love Davin in that moment, too. I was going to say, supportive Davin is the best. Yeah, Davin didn't have quite as much to do in this episode, but I love the little humorous notes that he got where he was surprised slash disappointed that people didn't want him to fight oh, yeah. when he ripped up in his shirt. I know, and so, he's like, and suddenly, <laughs> suddenly, it's sleeveless Davin, and oh my god, that just made me bust out laughing. <laughs> he just, apparently they've got snap fronts on the on their jumpsuits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just tore that sucker right open. <laughs> I was a little surprised he wasn't just, like, shirtless at that point. It just felt like it would be a damn thing to do, but it was still funny. <laughs> I will reiterate, uh, Luke McFarlane for Superman. He'd be a great Superman. I agree. Yeah. Well, I, I kept counting all the missing sleeves in this episode, or, you know, almost in Delcea's case. At least the part of her shoulders that was, you know, the part of her that was bare was part that counted. So... <laughs> We got bicep access. That's what exactly, that's what exactly. Especially with the bow and arrow. Yeah, made it look good. <laughs> yeah, because they'll say it had sleeves. They just weren't connected to the rest of her shirt. <laughs> yeah, and I will say, even though Davin is running around with sleeves on his little prison uniform, that is a very tightly tailored prison <laughs> uniform. <laughs> and thank you to the costume department for it. <laughs> <laughs> they know us well. <laughs> We'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode and this season of Killjoys. You can email us at killjoys at askgenretv.com. We like getting voice messages a lot, which you can send us in a couple of ways. Record a voice memo on your smartphone and email it to us. Or call our listener voicemail line at 972-514-7223. Follow us on Twitter or Tumblr at Killjoys Podcast. The Quad is part of the Ask Genre TV family of podcasts. To find our podcasts about other shows, such as Lost Girl, Orphan Black, visit our website at AskGenreTV.com. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you in the quad.